On this edition of the Scott Radley Show podcast, Jamie West joins me for the brightest conversation in Hamilton Radio, and we have a full docket to get to because it's been a busy week. Stick around. Enjoy. Today on the Scott Radley Show on 900 CHML. Let me bring in Jamie West, who is uh, host of the Jamie West Show on 900 CHML, also executive producer of this show. Sir, how are you this evening? I'm doing okay. How are you doing? I'm doing excellent. Happy New Year, by the way. I hope you have a wonderful 2021 and, you know, all that stuff. Well, that's very decent of you. And uh, same to you, my friend. Uh, all the best in 2021. We all need uh, we all need some uh, better luck this year, I think. Well, each and every you know what? And based on what we just heard on the news, we need a, an answer to this, Jamie, because the biggest problem, it seems, that people are already having in 2021 is mask breath. <laughs> wearing masks all day long you're smelling your own stink and uh, you know I, I get it i get it i didn't expect that this was going to be our number one problem but apparently mask breath is is it i don't view it as a problem at all in fact i view it as a a service that's long overdue <laughs> it's it'll help you it, it guides you in, in how well, bad your absolutely. breath is i don't have to run around uh, breathing into my hand anymore and then and then smelling it to make sure that you know my breath <laughs> breath is okay although they say that isn't the way to do it you know you know what they say they the experts on bad breath say you're supposed to lick the back of your hand and then and then let it dry and then smell it to determine <laughs> how foul it is and then of course reach for the dentine or the uh, mouthwash but i i think this uh I think mask breath, I think this is a great public service that's been bestowed upon us by the universe. I'm happy about it. Well, that may be the case, although (laughs) now I think that there's an awful lot of people who are reflecting and saying, you know, it. I probably now understand why I didn't get that job or why I didn't get that girlfriend or why whatever, because I've been walking around now for years with horrible gingivitis breath. (laughs) Look, I think... This is really funny. I think that, uh, again, it, think about all the wonderful things that are going to uh, come out of the end of this pandemic. And this may be the number one thing, that, that we don't have to stand there and politely accept somebody's bad breath. Somebody could be, you know, how many times have we stood in front of somebody and we really like the person and their and their breath is just horrible, and it isn't always like that, but it happens to be on this particular given day. And we just we can't get out of there, and we can't say anything. <laughs> We're trapped. So, but see, you've now raised something that perhaps you know, if, if if mask breath is doing a public service by showing us that our breath is bad, perhaps what we should be doing then is offering full body suits, and then the people who stink will recognize that they have their own BO problems that apparently they're unaware of, or those who, those who are, you know, sort of gently passing gases out the back thinking, Oh, it it, it doesn't smell today when it really does. They would say, no, no, I I can't do that. Maybe there's a broader service that's available here for the future. Well, these are the things that, you know, uh, nature of the universe uh, throw at us from time to time and that could you know change society forever and i'm <laughs> i always i think you're right you never know i always thought that you know neil armstrong and buzz aldrin those guys were in the worst possible because if if either of them oh, had bo or something else it was locked in that suit not going anywhere <laughs> yeah, no kidding i mean i i yeah how would you like to have been uh who was it? Um, Why did NASA serve us burritos the day before landing on the moon? Well, yeah. How about uh, Alan Shepard having to whiz in his suit before, he, you know, that rocket went off? Remember, remember, he was sitting on the top of the <laughs> capsule on the launch pad, and, and he, had to, he had to urinate. And, and he calls back to, to Capcom, and they say, well... This is something we didn't anticipate. And then they had to go through their checks and balances. And finally, the guy said, you're going to have to go in your suit and deal with it. I mean, I suppose that's not the worst thing to happen. And, but I don't know whether he had to deal with uh, with all the world's, the, any aroma from that. Like if he had asparagus self, or something. Imagine yeah. if he'd had asparagus. <laughs> the world's first self-enclosed hot tub. Yeah, it's, exactly. It's, um, 
Well, yeah, but the getting back to the masks and, and leaving yeah. the really disgusting stuff, though, I, like, uh, honestly, I I am not at all surprised, that, though, that this has become a thing. And and I say that, you know, self-deprecating a little bit. There have been a couple times when I've been out and I have, you know, I like to believe that I don't stink like that. But there's been a couple times when you burp or something into a mask and, you know, you're sort of quiet. We all do. You know, the, you're just sort of oh, you're yeah. not belching, but just, yeah. you know, and you go, oh, what did I eat? <laughs> exactly. No, it's, there you go. And, and listen, for the record, and I want to say this publicly. Uh, especially when I'm on your show, I can say this publicly, and, and, and this is the God's honest truth. Uh, you, I've never detected any malodor. Oh, why? Thank you. On your part, and I've stood close to you, and I've been in studios with you, and your breath is pristine. Let me just. All right. That. Well, I I thought you were going to say that you had never passed gas, and going to announce that to the world, and uh, you know, just well, to be clear. Well, that's also true. But... That's also true. I've never <laughs> done that ever, never yeah. ever. Yeah, you've got. Uh, you must be using a lot of Retson. Because your breath is really great. <laughs> yeah, just rubbing alcohol. You're listening to the Scott Radley Show podcast on 900 CHML. Jamie, this is um, this was a week. I mean, it was uh, it was a week of uh, that was very troubling with what we saw on TV, and it was a week that even though we're into 2021, we're I'm going to include it in 2020. It capped a year that we have seen riots and stuff now on both sides of the political equation on the extreme ends of both and you know as i saw this and you know there's no there's there's no excuse for what happened this week there's none there is zero excuse for what happened this week nobody could defend it nobody could explain it properly in any kind of coherent way there's no it's wrong it was just plain wrong but as I say, this is this is the latest thing. And and how do you, if you're in the States, how do you tamp down the temperature? Because I'm not sure it can happen. I think the way, uh, the way forward on that is simply to begin to choose words much more carefully and to simply knock off the crazy extreme bipartisan rhetoric. Um, I I agree, but how? Because there doesn't seem to be a lot of desire to do that. By doing it. That's simple. You have to make a conscious decision. Uh, Each individual, whether they're Republicans or or Democrats, but I'm I'm particularly talking about Republicans at this point, um, and those that, you know, would have, supported Trump, and, and they all did, either by virtue of their loud, vicious mouths or their cowardly silence, they just got to look at themselves with a, a really, um, you know, tough set of criteria and, you know, hold themselves accountable and say, we, we have to stop this. If, if the events of Wednesday weren't enough to make them realize how close they came. I mean, Wednesday could have been way worse than it was. Um, could have been way worse. But so the, I feel like that the United States kind of got away with one on themselves on Wednesday, as, as bad as that deal was, and people lost their lives on Wednesday. They, they still kind of got away with it in a, in a, in a, in a sense, they got a, a bit of a pass. They got a, a bit of, not bit of, they got a big wake up call and this should make people stand up and start to talk in a different way. And I think one, one U S Senator today, a Republican U S Senator name escapes me, did stand up and, mm-hmm. and say, get out Trump. It's time for you to go. This isn't a get out. And she was very, pointed and very harsh with her criticism of the so-called president and and uh Murkowski's her name and uh the first one first GOP senator to to call on the president to resign I don't know Scott you you just it's up to each individual to decide how they're going to conduct themselves uh going forward and and because the truth is we we can only control our own behavior and our but, own decisions. And, and you know, Jamie, I, listen, everything you've said so far, I, I, I can take no issue with. I don't disagree with a thing you've said. 
Um, you know, th- there was, there's no question that, s- that what happened on Wednesday was in part or largely due to the prompting of the president. Um, there's, you know, there's all kinds of things, but where I think this thing becomes so complicated and so difficult is that because of what we've seen over the past year, I don't, if either side tries to pretend that they are the morally righteous side that never does anything to the other, this never gets resolved because, you know, I like, again, I, this is what Trump did was ridiculous. It was, it was absolutely wrong. It was out of line. It was all the words you want to apply to it. And then you go back and you think, yeah, but you know what? Um, it, not equal because she wasn't the president, but you know, when you've got a, an election and you're calling the other side, a basket of deplorables and you're insulting the, it, the it's not even close. Sorry, I got to stop you right there. Hold on, hold on. The issue is, Jamie. My point is, look, I'm not. I, I just said that one is the president. One was in a one was in a presidential campaign. The issue is, if one side or the other, and and leaving Trump out of this because he's going to be gone in 14 days or less. When one side or the other pretends they have nothing to do with the anger that's going on, and, and then you are never going to resolve this because the anger is on both sides of the aisle and has to be dealt with by people on both sides, not simply by pointing fingers and accusing only the other side of having anything to do with it. Yeah, but the way you position it, you make it sound like it's equal, and, and it's not, and that's not, it's not equal at all. You're listening to the Scott Radley Show podcast on 900 CHML. Jamie, look, as I said before the break, um, I, I'm not making this into a competition about who is worse um the issue is because i think you know based on what happened uh, going into the uh capitol building i mean look it's a, it, it it i say i, I make uh, there's no words that can say anything other than it was terribly atrociously absolutely unequivocally wrong and outrageous and at the same time and maybe it's not a comparison, but at the same time this summer entire city blocks of seattle were taken over by anarchists under the umbrella of left-wing politics and a a police station during riots in Portland was barricaded and set on fire while people were inside. And what we're talking about here is those on the extremes of both parties that do things that are outrageous. And I don't even know what other word to use. And somehow both extremes need to be tamped down and the temperature. And I just don't know how that happens. Well, I, I agree with you that, you know, there is representative extremism on on the left and on the right. And you cited some some fine examples uh, there. I think what the difference is, though, is that you, you cannot you, you can say, OK, you know, leftist wackos doing their thing in the streets and, and breaking the law and creating dangerous situations is equal to, you know, ones on the right doing it doing it over here um, i'm not saying equal i'm not saying equal okay, i'm saying it's he, a it's an it's a problem that has to be addressed and to okay go ahead but here's the difference you don't have you don't have the level of rhetoric going on among elected representatives on the left in the united states compared to elected representatives on the right where, where are the examples on the democratic side of the josh Hawley's? And the feckless hypocrites like Lindsey Graham uh, and Ted Cruz, um, you, you know, the Dracula of, of right-wing politics. And, and you know, what a what a useless twerp! I mean, standing up and and pouring gasoline on these lunatics by by suggesting that they're equal to you know revolutionary soldiers who you know went to Bunker Hill and all this BS. These are dangerous ugly individuals and and you know it goes right to the top as we well know uh to the point where something really ironic has happened just while we've been on the air which is twitter has booted trump off permanently they've they've said his account is suspended permanently now and i mean social media fans the flames of discontent more than anything um, well, I know I'll, I'll excuse me. I'll agree with that. I'll agree with that. And I think that social <laughs> media becomes a social media on both sides of the aisle. And now, you know what? I, I did not come to my detriment, to my shame. I did not come prepared with the names uh, of those on the other side who have used social media the same way. But I mean, there are, look, it, it is a, 
social media does, someone re- wrote this week, and I think I talked about it on the show. Someone wrote, and I wish I could credit them because I thought it was brilliant, um, that what social media has done is there's always been crazy, angry people out there. Social media has allowed them to find each other and then find the common cause kind of people. So now you believe, hey, I'm not alone. There's a lot of people who oh. think the way I do on both sides, which then emboldens you to say, I'm going to go to the streets. I'm going to burn buildings down. I'm going to take over the Capitol building. I'm going to burn down a police station. Whatever it is, that knowledge that there are other wackos out there like you gives you the oomph to go and then do the stuff that before might have been percolating around in your head, but you never would have thought to actually do. Well, it's worse than that. It's it, you, you just said a minute ago that it's given them a place to find each other. The, the truth is that the algorithms actually put those people together. Right. And the, 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 the algorithms control what they see in their feeds. So it's, it's, it's an echo chamber. Than, it, you're right. It's even worse than you, you've said. I mean, you're quite correct about that, but it's, it's way worse, way worse than that. And, uh, and maybe uh, I know we're branching off here from your original, uh, you know, discussion, but maybe this is something good that comes out of this pile of crap too. Is is a, a more careful examination of the amount of control uh, the social media companies have over. Uh, everything. They've got way too much control. I I couldn't agree with you more. And now here here's the thing. Uh, I have said this many, many, many times that I am close to a free speech absolutist. I just, be, and, and the reason I am is because I don't believe, as soon as you aren't, you're then saying, okay, well now who's the person who becomes the arbiter of who is allowed to speak or who isn't allowed to speak? Who becomes the arbiter of, well, that's dangerous, but that's not, even though they may be, you know, and so how do you do this? Are you going to allow Mark Zuckerberg to be the guy who decides who's allowed to speak or not? That that's where it becomes so challenging. Now, is there some way you can put something in there? I don't want to have, you know, uh, I don't know, groups or chambers of people who are, I don't know how you do it. This is the problem. I don't know how you then put a rules in place to say, well, that's not allowed to be said without well, ending up the, down a dangerous dark tunnel of censorship. I actually believe that if we had a stronger sense of community, um, well, I'll just say on a continental basis, I mean, it could apply around the world, but if we had a, if we had a better, if we had a better sense of community, a better sense of decency, a renewed uh, feeling that we all should be contributing to the greater good rather than all of our individual. Oh, a thousand percent. And here, needs here. and wants that, that there'd be a, there'd be a wave. There, there'd be no market for that kind of uh, baloney out there. But, but we, you know, the truth is individually, we individually, we've lost our way. We have, we have become very isolated. We have become very self-centered and, and collectively it's happening because nobody is willing to listen to anybody else's opinion or point of view without feeling as though that's somehow a threat to their personal rights and will somehow interfere with their ability to get their hands on more stuff more burgers, more beers, and more football. Like, that's what people seem to care about anymore. I know uh, I'm going way off. No, no, no. We got to take a break. And I was going to go to something else. But you know what? I, you've hit on something so profound, honestly, that I want to come back. And we're going to pick this up because it, it you hit on exactly what the issue is. But as a society, it seems as though for the last number of decades, we have intentionally taught the opposite of that. You're listening to the Scott Radley Show podcast on 900 CHML. Talking with Jamie West, where we started this by talking about what happened this week in the States and what's been happening for months now. I did not know that we were going to uh, stumble onto some profundity, uh, but my friend James, I think, did that just before the break. And you know what? It, repeat what you said, basically the theme of what you said just before the break, because I think it's I think it's so... Um, insightful, and yet somehow has been completely lost in this whole thing. What I what I said was something to the effect of, um, "Thanks for putting me on the spot." Um, <laughs> what I what I said was that we 
we, we as individuals, um, have become so, we have become so isolated. We have, uh, and not just because of a pandemic, by the way, I'm not talking about the isolation created by lockdowns. I'm talking, this was going on a, for a long time before the lockdowns. I'm talking about how we have, uh, isolated ourselves from any sense of community. Um, and that we are much more concerned about maintaining the comfort of our silos than we are any sense of our participation in or the reinvigoration of a greater good. And that's what's missing. Yes. And the greater good is the line that, you know, when when you get there, because like, when was the last time you have kids that are still in school? And even if it's not under the, the term that I will use, but once upon a time, kids in school were taught the golden rule. And like, I mean, it is something that comes from the Bible. And so it has a religious connotation, but it also has a broader social connotation, which I don't think, I, I don't know if anyone's taught that in school, do unto others as you would want them to do to you. Do something nice. Think about other people first. That is such an out of fashion context or concept now, because everything is about what is going to make me happy. And again, this is diving into some profound stuff that you brought up. But if everything you do in your life is about looking out only for number one, you're always going to have these issues. That's right. Um, always. It's, it's, it's unavoidable and it's not fixable. No, really, it which is de- which is depressing, but it's true. If if everything has to be about my happiness exclusively, how do you possibly solve these big issues? Right, and if and if event <laughs> and if happenings like I'll say this, and and I'm using these as examples. I'm to dive back into a political discussion, but if if, if events like a four year run of a narcissistic personality disordered guy like Donald Trump isn't enough to wake people up or the events that happened on Capitol Hill on Wednesday aren't enough or name any one of the, you know, riots or big demonstrations that you cited earlier. Um, if, if those types of events are not enough to make people sit up and think and ask some questions and observe and seek some reference. And what I mean by that is let's, let's seek some uh, context rather by uh, examining a bit of history when these things happen. But here's the problem with that too. Nobody's teaching any, any, any history. Nobody's sitting around the dinner table anymore, Scott. You know, the elders are not telling the youngsters about history because a lot of them with school-age kids now don't know history themselves because it's been slowly petered and filtered and beaten out of the curriculum, for one thing. Um, that's a big bugaboo of mine, uh, that we, we don't understand history. We have no hunger for context. We have no hunger for, for our history. We don't read books anymore. I couldn't even... I couldn't... I, I would have had to have tied my kids to chairs Hmm. on Wednesday to sit in here and watch the coverage of the events in the Capitol. Three times I went to where they were in this house and said to them politely and calmly, there is history unfolding that, believe it or not, despite that it's happening in the United States, actually affects you too and is a reflection of all of us. And I think it's important that you look in on it and ask maybe some questions. Now, is that just because, is that just because you're a guy who's in the media and, and I wonder the same thing about me. I wonder if, if we're interested just because that's what we're interested in and that makes us unusual or if that's a generational thing. Look, I think that's definitely a factor, but I don't think it's the only factor. I think that, you know, you're, you're a bit younger than I am. I'm, I'm 54. I forget how old you are. You're in your mid forties, right? So I'm no, I'm 27. (laughs) Perfect. Well, then there you go. Um, But, but somehow, some way we developed an, what I call an, I like to call an intelligent curiosity. And I think that that was most likely developed 
by our elders, parents, uncles, aunts, grandparents, what have you, and teachers. Um, you know, people that we had conversations with. Um, you know, this is going back before every kid had a smartphone. And well, that's and, that's it too, because we've we've lost any sense of why are they called smartphones? Well, we've lo- we've lost any sense of um, um, what am I looking for here? Uh, an ability to concentrate on anything for any period of time. You know, we got, we got to go to a break here, yeah. but I'll, I'll tell you what, back in what, what year, I can't even think now, what year was Reagan shot? 81, 80? 1981 in March. 81. I remember I was at a friend's house and we were eating blueberry frozen yogurt, watching the Russians are coming. The Russians are coming on his TV when they broke in with the thing. And I don't know why, but I was, mesmerized by the coverage of Reagan and the assassination of him. And we watched it for hours. I don't even know how old. Well, I was like 13, 14 years old, yeah. which, and now if that came on and it's because our attention span has been destroyed, you might watch that for a few seconds or watch a quick video on Twitter and you're gone on to the next thing. And, you know, it, look, it's, it, you mentioned social media. There's a lot of things that we've just talked about in the last few minutes, but I think you've touched, Jamie, I, I brought you on to be entertaining and great, and you were profound. Who knew? Who knew that Jamie West would be so profound today, but you, you were. Usually, usually I'm profane, so it's all working out. You're listening to the Scott Radley Show podcast on 900 CHML. Jamie, let's move away from politics just for a second to something far more terrifying, that being Caillou. Um, were your kids of the age that you ever had to sit down and watch this show? Oh, yes. <laughs> yeah. And why did you have to, like, the show was heavy enough as it is. And then you had to throw that in. I know. I know. We could be talking about the assassination of a thousand of the nicest people in the world and playing Caillou would almost be worse. Um, yeah, it, it, the uh, the show, the Canadian show that was, um, I think, almost universally despised by parents. I don't know anyone who went, I love it when Caillou comes on for my kids. Uh, they canceled it this week. Why could they not have canceled it before we had kids? I know. I know. I mean, you know, 30 therapy sessions later, I'm almost over that whole thing. I've almost <laughs> got it down, and then you go and trigger me with the song. <laughs> What, what, what were the TV shows? Cause you're, I mean, you, as I say, your kids are a little bit older now where they're not probably, well, they're not watching the kids shows anymore, but what were the shows that you, other than that, that you just loathed when you would put on the TV and they would want to watch? Oh, Barney was the, the absolute capper for me. Bar, <laughs> Bar, when my son, Chris was small. Oh, that was, look at, you know, I, I understand, I, fully understood what you know the, the producers and the people behind the creation of these programs were were trying to do and i have no issue with what they were trying to do with the messaging it just it was just irritating as heck and barney was barney was right up there and and uh there's another one called called max and ruby that had the most inane uh, opening theme were almost worse than Caillou. It was just the names Max and Ruby repeated over and over again. Max and Ruby, Ruby and Max, Max and Ruby, Ruby and <laughs> see that's it's first. You do my, that very well into my brain. You uh, do that very well. Uh, yeah, uh, Teletubbies, which I oh, still believe yeah. that whoever invented or created Teletubbies was experimenting with some sort of horrible hallucinogenics and uh, got their hands on some sort of puppets and said, hey, let's do that. Because I, I still, uh, I have oh, nightmares yeah. there was, when, there was, when that there starts was, up. There, there was microdosing involved in the production of that program. There's, <laughs> there's no, no doubt about that uh, at all. <laughs> it was, yeah, it was, it was even too weird for me. And, and, you know, I'm a I'm a, a kid that, and you're probably too young to remember this show, HR uh, uh, Puffin stuff back in 19. 19- I know the name. I don't know if I ever watched it or saw it. Yeah, it was a Sid and Marty Croft show, and it was and it was all about exactly what the title sounds like. It was about the the theme song was HR Puffin stuff. Who's your friend when things get rough? And and there were even plants in, in, in the show like uh, it, making up a set that looked like pot plants so that that's clearly <laughs> where they were where they were going they were appealing to all the 
the potheads of the summer of love back then anyway. I just, I wonder, and, and you know, my parents were not big TV. Like I didn't watch a lot of TV when I was a kid, so I can't ask them this question, but I wonder if parents, our parents age thought the same about some of the stuff that was on when we were kids that we look back on almost kind of fondly. Um, oh, I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty remember sure. The, remember that. The, do, do you remember the banana splits? Like that was oh, just, that was ridiculous. I, the, or the Uncle Bobby show, which I like, that was now that I look at some, I've gone on YouTube and looked up clips of the Uncle Bobby show and it's creepy. I mean, it's like, we're looking at this and I'm going, oh man, I don't know how that ever got on the air. Uh, Uncle Bobby, yeah, was a, a locally produced out of Asian court. Uh, at, was it? At, uh, at, yeah, it was locally produced out of Asian court at, at CFTO in Toronto. And, uh, and it was, uh, yeah, it was, it was creepy. And of course, everybody knows that, you know, that weird show, Hilarious House of Frightenstein was produced yes. here in Hamilton at CHCH, uh, in 1971. But Uncle Bobby was creepy. You mentioned a couple of other, you mentioned another one there. Um, Banana Splits. Banana Splits. Yeah. I, I love that. I thought it was, it was. But it had no great. point. It had no point. And again, no, it's probably it's like. Some of the other shows that we look back now on and go, that was just so stupid. I, I'm sure the the other one that, of course, comes to mind, we all remember of a certain age, Commander Tom, but Sunday mornings with Davy and Goliath, which, you know, it was that one that always had a nice message and everything else. But yeah. again, it was like, wow, that must have driven our parents bonkers. Uh, I was, G. Davy. <laughs> no, it it was great. I and I, I remember. I, I can remember my my parents even saying, or my, my mother. I think it was my daddy said, you know, Captain Kangaroo was a show that I liked as a, a real little kid. And, and the reason I liked it, and my parents attested this, was they would sit me down, and I liked the, the the part in the show where the puppet Moose, Mister Moose, would drop drop ping pong balls all over the the captain's head, and that like <laughs> pretty that simple joke. Yep, pretty simple. Yeah, anyway. We got to go. Last night, uh, we were chatting, Ben and I, on the show, how times have changed. The uh, the new kids show in Denmark is called, what's it called again, Ben? Do you remember the name of it? Mr. D- Mr. I can't remember. Anyway, uh, true story, Jamie. The new kids show in Denmark is called, it's a show about the man with the world's longest penis. Well, John Dillerman. That's where we are now. That's where we are. We got rid of Caillou. We we got rid of Caillou, but now we've got that one going on. Imagine what the how screwed up the kids are going. We screw up the kids every generation more with kids TV. Imagine what they're going to be like after this. Something is definitely rotten in Denmark, my friend. You're listening to the Scott Radley Show podcast on 900 CHML. Jamie, we almost got through a show without talking about COVID, which would have been almost a miracle. But uh, we've heard in the news that the numbers are going through the roof, apparently. Um, Look, I don't think it's terribly surprising that we have numbers that have gone way up because we just got through the Christmas break and we know that people said that they didn't follow the rules. But that's two weeks ago, so we know that right around now should be the time that we would have this surge of cases. What happens though, if a week or two from now, we still see the numbers this high, does that then say that lockdowns perhaps aren't working and that they don't serve a purpose or does it just say that people aren't following the rules anymore? What is it? Where are we going with this? Um, A great question. I think that it says that we're not following the rules. Um, I think really that's, that's what this is really down to. Um, more than anything. And I don't think, I don't think, and epidemiologists don't think, and scientists and medical people don't think that we have any other option but to lock down. In fact, as hard as it is to believe, they're saying we're not locked down enough. And I know that's really hard to get your head around when you're as COVID exhausted as everybody is. But we have to face the truth and the truth comes through science. It doesn't come through the big mouth of an idiot premier like Doug Ford. It comes through science. And so I know your question wasn't about Ford, but look at me I'm trying to take over the show. This will be my show tomorrow morning at 10 o'clock. But um, I, I think that it, it comes back to individual responsibility. And in the first half of your show tonight, we were talking about how people don't, really um 
aren't really signed on to the idea of sacrifice for the greater good. And, and the pandemic's a perfect example of that. Uh, we're, just, we're just not. We're not willing to forego our gratification, uh, our comfort, because we're addicted to comfort, uh, to, for, the, for the greater good. If it feels inconvenient and it feels a little uncomfortable, let somebody else do it. Let somebody else do it. And so I think that's why the numbers are the way, the way they are. And it doesn't help that we have, you know, a, a virus that's um, changing its form, you know? It's no, I, 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 I'm, I'm, I agree with some of what you said. Uh, not everything, though. And, and, and the part that I don't agree with necessarily... Was that? Yeah, the I nerve. Um, got some nerve. <laughs> no, the, the part that I'm not sure I agree with is I'm not sure at this point that any government of any stripe anywhere, we're seeing it all over the place. You've got left-wing, right-wing, middling, whatever. Yeah. You know, it's if people are not going to look after themselves or are not going to follow rules, what government of any stripe possibly is going to have any success controlling this? And look, I, I maybe if the Ontario Liberals were in power, we would have no cases or very few cases. I don't think so. I think it doesn't matter because you're right. I think people are going to do what they're going to do. And and, and the other part is, I, I'm always amazed when we look to governments to be the solution and the saviors of all of our problems. They're not. Well, you, and I, you and I are on the same page. Uh, on, they're not. On, on, on that. You're, you're, you're absolutely right about that. There's nothing, to your point, there's nothing that prevents each of us as individuals from educating ourselves. In fact, we've never had a, a, a better opportunity uh, and more information, uh, you know, to disseminate than we do in this day and age. It, it doesn't mean you have to believe everything in the first article that you read. You, you should gather information from all kinds of sources and then weigh it. That's, you know, that's the intelligent uh, thing to do. Uh, so you're absolutely right. It's, it's, up to us as individuals to to truly educate ourselves and make decisions that are in the best interests of our health and safety as individuals and and therefore for our families as well you can't you cannot you cannot turn to government to do it whether, whether but we do but we do yeah. but we yeah. do and then we get mad at whatever government of any stripe if things don't go right because somehow government is supposed to solve all of our problems. Well, again, we don't we don't want to bear we don't want to bear any responsibility for ourselves. We we've we've abdicated all of that to you know the I told, said it earlier to the burger and beer gods of of, of social media and, and and television and uh, and radio and and uh, and governments. The government, you know, government's supposed to be my babysitter. Don't, don't I vote every few years and for them to run my life? I mean, I look at, um, for, you know, politics and uh, politics and science do not mix. They're oil and water. Period. You, get, you know, they just they just don't don't mix at, at all. But isn't there some irony in this, though, Jamie, that we continue to ask government to do more and more and more while we continue to see them not succeeding at doing the things they're already doing, and yet we continue to say, okay, but then maybe if you do this, it'll fix it. Well, no, all we're doing is throwing more things that aren't going to be done. There are some things government does fine. Well, there is. I mean, I'm not, I'm not an anti-government. I'm not a, an anarchist. I'm not saying government is entirely bad. But I'm saying there are some things government does very well, and there's a lot of things that government does that, you know, they just don't do very well. Well, one of the things they don't do very well is they don't listen to medical science, and that's proven. And that's all, I'll only speak for myself here, that's all I'm asking for as a, as a tax-paying, law-abiding citizen. I'm asking uh, my provincial government, my federal government, my, you know, municipal government to listen to medical science and nothing else. I don't, I, we, we cannot in a situation like this do anything other than follow the direction of medical science. That's what we have to do, period. And I know what you're going to say. I, I, I'm anticipating what you're going to say next about the economy and what do you do about businesses and all of that stuff. That's well, true. You, and, and fair enough. That's a very fair 
question. There's there's people's livelihoods and and the overall health and safety of their families that are tied to those livelihoods and tied to the economy. Well, it doesn't have to be an either or. You can, and I know this goes against you know basic conservative politics, but you can uh, listen to medical science and hold up. Um, people's uh, livelihoods for a brief period of time, especially now in 2021. Back when this thing first hit, there was a lot more mystery around it. There's less so uh, now, e- even though we've got variants coming up. But we know we have a vaccine. We There was no reason for us to, to think that we'd even have a vaccine a year ago th- at this time. But we have one. We, we literally can see the light of the tunnel. And that makes it even more imperative, in my view, that you know, I, it's funny. It's in the medical science, and and give money to these businesses that are struggling. Help them. Make sure that they're okay. We can do it. It's we're not poor. <laughs> we are not. It, it it sounds as though this is a complete non sequitur. What I'm going to say, but it's not. Um, there was a picture that I came across on Twitter today, and uh, it was just it, it's a an old black and white picture from the 70s of this kid on a bicycle, he's built a ramp on his street and there's a bunch of kids lying on the ground just past the ramp, like the trucks that evil can evil would jump over. Yeah. And dad is, and dad is in the background sitting on the porch watching this. And I'm looking at this going, you know what? I was going to talk to you about <laughs> the stuff that we did. Cause I did this. We built ramps and jumped oh, our we bikes. And we all we lived exactly what you're talking about. Somehow. Back then, though, if you did that and you fell and broke your arm, you know what? That was you being an idiot and you were responsible for that and you took responsibility for your own behavior. And dad would not have then, who's been sitting on the front porch watching this, would not have said, you know what? The city should have a bylaw that this should never be allowed to happen. No, no, you did it and it's your fault and you live with the consequences. And we've talked a couple times in the show now about personal responsibility and that kind of thing. And I'm looking at this picture and it does give me a flashback to, to my childhood, but you know, it, it goes to the same thing with COVID is, you know, rather than pointing the finger at any government, any level of government or stripe of government and saying it's all their fault. How, look, if you have broken the rules and if you get it, then it's not the government's fault. It's your fault. I'm sorry to put blame there, but it's now if you've done everything right and you get it, uh, I'm not casting any blame on you. I mean, I'm sure that can happen too. But if you've decided to take chances and you get it, don't be blaming someone else. Well, in its purest sense, you're absolutely right about that. You're absolutely right about that. The 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 part that 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 government lets us down on is 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 information and BSing us. That's that's the problem. And I don't often agree with Andrea Horvath uh, uh, politically, but she's absolutely right about the way Ford manipulates and his government manipulates uh, information and, w- and withholds uh, information. He is like the kid who was probably one of those kids, uh, you know, lying down or riding the bike or going over the ramp. Uh, he's one of those kids that I couldn't stand who was always scheming always deceiving, always hiding around the corner from the parents or the parents on the street that were looking for him, the troublemaker, the S-disturber, the guy who just was always grifting and BSing and making up excuses, a million of them, for why the dog ate his homework. That's, that's what we have for the leader of this province, a guy that gets up every single day and fakes that he gives a crap about anything while he helps hide his buddy Rob Rod Phillips in St. Bart's over the holidays until he's caught. And then everybody gets apologetic. I have no doubt that there are people listening who agree with that. Let me ask you a question though. And I'm not, I'm not saying you're no, no. If if Kathleen Wynne had still been premier, would we have any fewer cases in this province? I'm asking legitimately. Oh, who? I, I mean, I don't know. I, I, no, and and that's listen, my point. That's that's the issue. Is that again? I look at. I, I get your don't. point. We have Doug Ford. We you can't. No, nope. we, we we don't. But listen, hold on a second, and and I'll say this: nobody was more critical of the McGinty government than I was 
uh, over everything, including OHIP premiums that, you know, that he wasn't going to bring back, that he brought back in the first days of, of, of his tenure as the, the leader of the province. Uh, I could go on and on. Caledonia, on and on it goes. So, so no, I don't, I don't have great, I don't have great faith in theory that they'd be doing a, a better job, but we have who we have. And, and, you know, we talked earlier about words matter. Um, you know, people still like to compare, and I think you do too. I've heard you do it on your show, compare Trudeau to, to, to Ford. You, you, you compare an apples to oranges. Trudeau sounds, whether you like him or not, he says the right things and he sounds like a human leader of the nation. And it's important that the right things are said during times like this. This buffoon at Queen's Park can't find his rear end with eight arms and a flashlight. And he, he says brutal things. And he repeats himself over and over again with his narcissistic bravado about how everything's on the table, how we're the best at everything, and nobody cares more about people, and I'm up all night, and all this bull roar. <laughs> um, this guy is not a leader. He doesn't know what to say to the people that he's supposed to be leading. And he's just plain dumb. He's just dumb, and he treats all of us like well, stupid. And, and I'll say, um, if we're talking about the leader of the province and the leader of the federal government, I'm not sure that if we're in an IQ contest, either of them is going to excel too much. I, I, I don't think that the prime minister is going to be joining Mensa anytime soon. Um you know, and, and that and that's a bit of a a bit of a difficulty we have right now. That I think that a lot of people look at our leadership, whether it's federal or provincial, and don't trust it, and don't think they're very bright, and don't think and, and think everything is as you've said, everything is politically uh, motivated. I think when you look at a lot of the stuff that even went on with Serb and other things, there was some great stuff that happened with Serb that we had to get that money out. But, a, you know, a, a lot of stuff, too, you go, man, yeah. a lot of that looks very political to try and make sure that, you know, it was at the end of this thing, we were popular as opposed to just doing our oh, job. Look, it's it's politics sure. everywhere. It's politics take, everywhere. Absolutely. You you open a door for a political party or politician to walk through that that's going to give them some some bump in their polling and they're going to take it every every time. I, I, I agree fully with you. I'm not that naive. I mean. Um, I just I'm, I'm just speaking in, in terms of if, if I assume like I do that most people are are dopes, then and I, I know people listening to our show are going to like hearing that. It doesn't apply to the people listening to your show or mine, by the way. Um, just other shows. Um, <laughs> here's the thing. If, if I make that assumption that, that people are dopes, then it, it becomes more important to me that whoever the leader is that's standing up in front of the microphone, at, at least say something encouraging. Um, reassuring. Yeah, I guess, I guess my disappointment, Jamie is not with the politicians because I had so little expectation going in. Yeah. My disappointment is with a lot of the doctors and scientists who at almost every step along the way have initially given us information that's proven to be wrong. Don't wear masks. That's dangerous. Oh, wait, wear masks. Don't close oh, the borders. Is, oh, wait, close the borders. Yeah. Everything along the way has been then backtracked and said, no, we no, got I'm it wrong. I'm going to take issue with that. No, 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 not fair, because here's here's why. Um, here's why. Information about a, a, a novel a virus like the coronavirus um, is a moving target on a daily basis. And the scientists and the doctors that you're criticizing are the only ones who are constantly watching what's happening and are constantly uh, moving in the direction of the truth as the information comes in. It's the manipulators, like the politicians, who take the information that comes in real time, in evolution, from these scientists, and they bastardize it and manipulate it for political means and to control. Uh, 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 you know what? I, the, we'll ag- the doctors are good. 
there, we'll agree to disagree on that one. We'll agree to disagree because if you go back and you look at almost at the like, we can't close the borders because that would be wrong. Oh wait, we've got to close the borders. We can't. We shouldn't wear right. masks. It's way too dangerous to wear masks. Oh no, we got to wear masks. Like nobody ever look, said it was dangerous to wear a mask. Nobody absolutely want to bet. Absolutely, that was okay. absolutely okay. said okay. that if you wear a mask of that if. If you wear a mask, you will be taking chances. You'll be touching your face. You'll be doing other things. You're going to do way more harm, and it's more dangerous to wear a mask than not. That was the original position. That was also ex- that was also explained to death um, by people like Anthony Fauci in in the U.S. and and our counterpart here in Canada, Theresa Tam, who who said we <laughs> regrettably uh, had to say that because we had this massive shortage of PPE in the beginning and we didn't want people running around getting their hands on it until everybody who was in a healthcare setting had it. So, you know what, I'm going to believe the sincerity of those scientists and doctors over the Justin Trudeau's, the Doug Ford's. Oh, sincerity. Yes. Yeah. We, we got to run sincerity. Yes. I, I believe they were sincere. I'm not, I'm not suggesting that they were trying to be wrong. I'm just saying they were wrong a lot. And they were, they weren't well, wrong a lot, but we better, we will have to agree to disagree. Like you said, we'll arm wrestle later. We'll, we'll arm <laughs> wrestle on your show tomorrow morning. Uh, as I stare at this picture of this guy going off the ramp, um, we had a guy on our street on our block. We, we didn't know his real name, but he would show up and we'd build a ramp on his 10 speed bike. We called him Kenny Knievel and he would just mysteriously appear and jump and live. And we had a guy, one of our, one of my friend's dads had a motorcycle. So we would put on one of his dad's extra motorcycle helmets that was way too big and then inevitably crash and get all scratched up. But you know what? We all lived just like we lived by drinking lead water pipes and out of, you know, from the, uh, from the hoses and we we sat in the car without a, without a, we, we lay in the back window of the station wagon or of the car and slept in there. No, you know, we live. Jamie West, you were magnificent today. As I say, you were profound. You were insightful. You know, we may even have you back one of these days. You're pretty good on the radio. You know what? It's been an absolute pleasure being with you. I appreciate the opportunity to be on the show tonight, Scott. Hope you'll have me back again soon. The Scott Radley Show. Weekday evenings from 6 to 8 on 900 CHML. The Scott Radley Show podcast is available on Apple Podcast, Google Podcast, and wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Scott Radley. Thanks again for listening, and do not forget to subscribe to this podcast. It is free. You will never miss an episode, and also, be sure you rate us and review us Whatever you think of us, we'll take it. Thanks for listening.